Hey guys, my name is Joel Adam Russell. Uh, you're listening to Notable Nashville, and I'm going to play a song called Skinny for you guys. Down there in Mickey's Tavern, they poured my whiskey down the well. Said I didn't have the coin to cover the tab so I could just go to some other bar. I should probably go to sleep. Instead, I'ma keep trying to spend money. I ain't got till the morning catches up with me. These days are looking skinny. My smile's wearing Decided to pass. Yeah, some long-haired fellow with three hundred dollar jeans was busy kissing her on the cheek. Suppose I'm just a little too meek, but I'd rather a sweetheart look at my eyes and my wallet. Love shouldn't cost a thing these days.
All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Notable Nashville Podcast. We got Joel Adam Russell in studio, and he just played that tune, Skinny. Is that uh, on one of your release tracks, or is that not released yet? Yeah, that's going to come out next year. So I've, I've got five songs uh, kind of in the reserve right now. Uh, recorded them a few months ago, and uh, I've just kind of been holding on to them uh, so I can kick off 2020. Uh, with just a whole slew of new stuff for folks. Awesome. Yeah. Well, what's what's that song about? So uh, I I worked at a whiskey distillery. I actually just just quit my my full time job at okay. this whiskey distillery, and uh, one of the one of the perks of the job was uh, if you bought their whiskey out and about, uh, they would they would reimburse you. It was a pretty pretty good gig. Oh wow! Yeah, so getting, you can just drink whiskey all the time. Yeah, drinking free whiskey effectively. <laughs> uh, the only caveat was you had to be able to pay for it up front right you uh-huh. know and for them to pay you back and uh so I, I went to this bar and was telling this guy what i did for a living and he said he'd never tried the whiskey that we made and and so i was feeling you know real uh good about myself i said well man you know this is what i'm gonna do i'm gonna buy you a whiskey and buy me a whiskey and he said well i won't turn that down you know and <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling like a, a a big dog you know gonna you know get to show off this whiskey a little bit and uh I go up to uh, my local bar, you know, Mickey's, and I'm 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 paying them uh, for this whiskey, and uh, they come back to me with the card, and they said, uh, "There's this card's declined. There's there's no money in this bank account." Oh no! <laughs> and uh, and so I'm like, I don't have any cash, you know. I'm I'm I literally have no money, and I and then I embarrassingly look over to this guy, like, "Could you pay for it?" And he's like, "I don't have any money." Uh, oh, no. Like, why are both of us at this bar without any money, you know? <laughs> uh, and uh, so, you know, bless the folks over there at Mickey's because, you know, it's, they didn't do anything wrong. But the the little bartender over there, she grabbed both these whiskeys that she just poured for us and pulled them back behind the bar and she just poured them poured right them down out. the drain. Oh. And uh, it caused a bit of like an existential crisis for me when I got back home. Just like, man, what am I doing with myself? I don't even have enough money to buy free whiskey damn so yeah yeah i uh uh my mom every time i go back home she's always telling me how much skinnier i looked than the time before that and so i think when i sat down to write this song about someone pouring out my whiskey this line of you know man not just me but these days like my whole life is looking skinny right now so well i think we all have those moments yeah yeah yeah, for sure was there anybody else around when she poured the whiskey out and oh plenty plenty of people to to witness this oh man (laughs) yeah no not my finest moment by (laughs) by a long shot man well you're you're doing all right now and uh you know i'm still alive yeah still breathing still still writing songs so can't complain well, I wanted to bring up, you're from uh, Texas. What part of Texas are you from? Uh, so I was born in a, in a town called Grand Prairie, Texas, just south of Dallas. And okay. then uh, I moved to an, uh, a place called Plano, Texas, and I, okay. I spent the second half of my, my Texas life in Plano. Awesome. Yeah. Well, what, what kind of influenced your sound growing up? Uh, was it a lot of folk and country, or what did you grow up listening to? No, believe it or not, man, uh, country music was, um, I don't I don't know. I don't know that I'd ever had like a really good uh, uh, experience with it. I, no one had really shown shown it to me uh-huh. uh, in a way that I appreciated. You know, it, I think our rebellion as you know wannabe angsty kids, you know, in middle school and high school was to not listen to country music growing up in Texas. Exactly. You know? and, uh, 
Um, so I didn't really listen to a lot of that. It was a lot, a lot of like rock music. I was in a rock band through, you know, from 13 to 17. And so I was, most of the people I was listening to back then, um, were just the local bands that, okay. that were running around the Dallas scene and they really inspired me. And, um, there was a band called the feds that was just like everybody's hero, you know, back in the day, like everyone loved the feds and this band greatness and tragedy, just bands that no one else has ever heard of. But for me, they were, they were my heroes, you know, okay. back then. Um, but I think if, if I could point to something as a kid that stuck in my brain that has influenced what I'm doing now, um, it was, uh, it was a lot of like hymnal music. Oh, really? So my, my grandfather's, a he was a, a Southern Baptist minister in uh, a little parish outside of Monroe, Louisiana, like kind of north central Louisiana. Okay. Um, so, uh, yeah, we'd go to his his little uh, Southern Baptist church of you know thirty people, maybe uh-huh. you know when we we'd visit for holidays and we'd listen to these old hymns singing out of the hymnal, and uh, those melodies to me uh, are are so so cherished. I, I love those kind of simple, um, classic, uh, you know, spirituals. Um, they, uh, yeah, I, I, I hope I incorporate them into my songs. That's, that's kind of been the thing. Absolutely. Um, but, uh, yeah, coming from the rock world, um, as a teenager, I, I moved to, a, a place called Visalia, California. It's it's like in the middle of California in, in farm country. It's like not a part of California that okay. you would ever picture. You so know? you don't picture LA or Hollywood Hills? No, or... no. Yeah, for everything you know about the ocean, forget it when you're talking about <laughs> Visalia. It's just, um, they have just tons of dairy farms, so the whole place smells kind of like manure all oh, wow. the time. Uh, and then they also have, it's this weird contrast. They have all these dairy farms, um, but then they also have a lot of orange trees. And so uh, at night, it smells like, you know, cows. And then, you know, in the spring when the flowers are blossoming, it smells like these orange Gorgeous. blossoms. And it's it's really, really nice. Um, but Visalia is about 45 minutes uh, north of Bakersfield. And okay. uh, so if you've ever heard of like yeah. the Bakersfield sound, you have Merle Haggard, you have Buck Owens and a number of these other characters that, that came out of that area. And so Visalia was... Um, the music there was uh, really influenced by this kind of country culture that lived there. Uh-huh. And, um, yeah, I mean, I moved there when I was 19, uh, which is around the time that I picked up the acoustic guitar for the first time. And uh, and just hearing, hearing country music in that context really brought it to life for me. And, um, yeah, it felt like home. It felt like my family, you know, from generations past. And I just wanted to be a part of that tradition. And, uh, so even though I didn't grow up in the, the country, uh, specifically or the country realm at all, um, it still felt, it it felt true and it felt like, uh, something that I could be a part of. So why did you make the move to California? Did you just need a change or? I, yeah, I mean, that was a big, big part of it. I was, I was 19. I was living at home and just, man, just itching to get out of Dodge. Um, uh-huh. And, uh, yeah, an opportunity uh, cropped up to uh, actually go help uh, work at a church, which is odd because I always said I wouldn't do that. That was something I didn't think I, I wanted to do because uh-huh. um, my grandfather had done it, and I was just like, no, I don't think that's for me. But the opportunity popped up, and it was a way to get out of the house. Uh, so I went and I worked at a church for nine months, 
and I uh, thought I was only going to be at in that town for that period of time, and I made all these friends, and I kind of just fell in love with the, the state. I fell in love with the people there, uh, so I stayed for like six years. Well, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, so it was, it was not what I had planned by any means, but it was a, it was a really beautiful season for sure. That's cool. Well, I wanted to bring up, we kind of met through a mutual friend, Rocco Wheeler, who's yeah. been on the podcast a couple the times. The infamous Rocco Wheeler. Yes. Yeah. And uh, did you meet him? Because I know he was living in California mm-hmm. uh, for a period of time. Did you meet him in Cali or did you meet him here? I met him here in Nashville. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. When I moved to town, I didn't know anybody uh, at all. And um, just through happenstance, I guess I would say, I met this um, exceedingly friendly guy named Brian. And uh, Brian said... Uh, just again, totally out of the blue. He was like, Hey man, I know you're not going to know anybody when you get here. Um, so, uh, you're a songwriter. All of my friends are songwriters. Um, so I'm going to have a big party when you get here and I'll invite everyone to this party so that you can have friends. Um, and, uh, so I, I went, I went to this party and, and those have been my, my friends for the past four years, uh, because this guy, Brian, um, and oddly enough, uh, Brian, and Rocco grew up together. Oh, okay. Uh, they were um, they were kids. Uh, Rocco's father is a uh, is a pastor, and uh, so this this guy Brian um, grew up going to um, Rock, his Rocco's father's. dad's church. Oh, okay. Um, so uh, yeah, I just kind of met him through. Uh, he was he was in town visiting, and uh, I was like, man, uh, it's good to meet you. Uh, really want to do a tour in California. Would you want to? just, you know, kind of sight unseen, just like go out to California and have a tour together. And he was like, absolutely. Amazing. So we, we spent this really intense week together, like really figuring out who each other was. Uh, we're, we're definitely uh, at odds on a lot of topics uh-huh. in life. Uh, and so there was like this bickering of like, uh, like, well, I think this, I th-, you know, just kind of just, yeah, kind of testing each other yeah. a little bit for this week. Uh, and there were some really tough moments, but it also, uh, I think it galvanized the friendship. Like yeah. we, we went through it together. Uh, we were sleeping in like really tight quarters. I, I stayed with, uh, him and his girlfriend at his house in Santa Barbara where he was living at the time. And, uh, his like mattress was like on the ground and, <laughs> and then I slept on the ground next to the mattress, <laughs> which was on the, so I'm like, just, it's like him, his girlfriend, then me on the floor. Uh, and he was living with this like crazy old lady who wore an eye patch who would like scream at him an eye patch yeah she wore an eye patch like she was a real caricature um <laughs> and uh and uh, yeah we we came home one night and Rocco needed to get a glass of water and so we went into the kitchen to grab a glass and this lady just comes screaming she's like hey if you don't follow my rules like you know when curfew is like and he's like He's like, I'm just trying to get a glass of water. And she's like, this is your last chance. She's just screaming up to high heaven. And I'm oh like gosh. a stranger in this house. I'm like, ah, uh, what is going on? So uh, that's how Rocco and I met. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, you, so you moved here in 2015, right? I did. And uh, what, what do you like most about the music culture here? Obviously, the, the people, the songwriters, or what, what do you find um, warming about Nashville other than, you know, like the, the other music scenes that you've been in? Yeah, I would say, um, firstly, uh, maybe this is the, the, the proud part of me. Um, I don't think there's a place on the planet like Nashville. Uh, I truly don't. Uh, I think if, if you're doing 
what I'm trying to do, this is the city to do it. Um, I, there's, there's no other place where there's such a high concentration of other songwriters. There's such a high concentration of uh, instrumentalists. Um, and then the talent level for all of those people um, is, you know, just so, you know, massive. The people here are just remarkably talented. Um, it's, it's kind of a cliche at this point, but it's so true. I'm always blown away. I'm, I was sitting in a buddy's house last night. We were just kind of having a little shindig at his place and, uh, people start passing the guitar around and it's like, this is world-class music we're listening to right here. And it's just buddies. Just in the living room. Yeah. Just sitting around a living room, you know, just jacking around. Um, so I love that. Um, but beyond, beyond that, uh, on a more personal note, what I love about it is when you when you're growing up as as a songwriter, um, and you tell somebody you're a songwriter, or or that's what you do with your free time, mm-hmm. um, it's kind of like telling people that you like to you like to watercolor or you like to ride a unicycle. They're <laughs> like, that's cool. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> that's great that you like to do that. Yeah. No one really has any context for it or, or, or understands like how serious it is to you Mm -hmm. and um so so you don't end up having a lot of uh conversations um where people take it seriously and then you you come to nashville and you sit down you're talking songwriting and it's it could be like two lawyers talking about law or you know you know two construction workers talking about building you know a house or something it's like you have peers to to discuss um, this thing that's very important to you and, and people get it around you. Um, and yeah, again, I just don't think that there are many places, if any place where those type of, uh, conversations can be had so consistently and so freely, Mm -hmm. um, and with as much, uh, um, weight given to them, you know, people really taking it seriously that you want to, you know, write these songs and make a living with, with your music. And really value it and understand it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you put out a couple projects, um, an EP titled Wildcat, and you did a full-length titled Grand Prairie, where mm-hmm. you're from, obviously. Yep. And uh, I wanted to play, I didn't tell you beforehand, but I wanted to play a recorded track in here, um, one that you think would be cool to the have the listeners take a listen to, one of your studio recorded tracks. Yeah, I would I would go with Burned. Burn. Yeah, that's on, uh, that's on Grand Prairie. All right, well, here it is. Burn by Joel Adam Russell. If you're playing with a box of matches, don't be surprised when the whole house burns down. Right before your eyes, you've got a loaded pistol. It's hanging from your belt. One of these days, somebody's gonna end up killed. Who are you to test the odds? Who are you to fool with fire? You strung it up, you strung it tight. I don't make it right to walk the wire.
everybody that was burned off of uh, Joel Adam Russell's full-length Grand Prairie and you you talked a little bit earlier about how you have five songs in the works um where, where did you record those or how did those you know how did those come to be um so again with that group of friends that I was uh brought into right off the bat here in Nashville um there's a one of the guys in the group his name's Randy has a, a home studio uh and we actually recorded my, my first EP, Wildcat, together, um, and then, you know, a number of years had, had passed, and, and we just kind of got in our heads that we wanted to work on another project together. Okay. And so, uh, yeah, I think he has a better understanding of who I am as an artist. I have a better understanding of who I am as an artist. And so we were able to kind of come together on uh, five more songs that'll come out in 2020. Um, and, I yeah, I think they're the best thing I've done yet. Amazing. I ho- hope other people think yeah. so, too. Well, I, I love that first track. I want to hear another one uh, a little bit later, but 
Um, is this just going to be just these five songs that you're releasing, or is it going to be more of a, of a bigger project? So it, it's just going to be these five, and I'm in the process of writing a full record, um, and so I, I hope to get back into the studio next year um, and and be able to put you know lay down that, that full record. But um, I'm doing something I've never done before, which is uh, releasing... Um, I'm releasing all five of the songs individually. So instead of uh, putting out just one five-song project, um, I'm going to release one song in February, another one in April, one in June. And oh, okay. So I'm going to go uh, from February to about October uh, releasing these songs every other month. Um, and, yeah, I feel like... Uh, you know, I don't know if you're much of like a Netflix binger. Yeah, uh, I am. But yeah, yeah. I mean, we can all get into that, and it it is very fun to be able to like just kind of binge on these these shows. But then there are other shows where uh, like HBO, they only let you watch like one, one show. At, like they don't give you all the shows. You know, it's like yeah. no, you you just kind of get to sit with one until next week when the next one comes out. And so I want to give people the opportunity to do that with these songs. Just kind of like have this one song. Um, and, uh, and yeah, just sit with it, you know, ho- let it, let it mean something to you. Yeah. I'm kind of torn about how I feel about the whole singles route because I love full projects, but I also love, you know, getting a really good song that I want to listen to for, you know, a couple, a couple weeks. I listen to it on end, you know, every day. And then, you know, another one comes out and be like, oh, this one's really good too. So I kind of find the, the value in that too. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I'm kind of torn about how I feel about it. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's any one set way to do it. Uh, I've, you know, I've both my other projects I released kind of all at once, uh, and I I enjoy being able to do that. It does feel nice to like put out like a full project. Um, but I, yeah, I just think the different ways you can release things lands on people differently, and Absolutely. and so it's just something novel, something something new to um, just kind of connect with people in a different way, I suppose. Awesome. Well, thanks, yeah. Joel. I really appreciate you coming. I want to hear another live track. What do you want to play for us now? I'm going to play a song uh, called Rosemary May. All right, awesome. Just a moment ago I thought I saw sweetest girl I ever walked out on that yellow hair simply sitting there short lightning through every bone my cheeks went flush oh what a rush my leg was bouncing like a Mexican jumping bean when she turned her head Brother, I nearly dropped it To my surprise They were someone else's eyes Rosemary May What you doing today? Are you wondering like me What could have been? I'll be the first to say I've made my mistakes Not a moment spent with you is one of them Maybe you say it's all my fault Cause I was the one who called it off But you ain't wrong 
but it wasn't some victory. No, there was a worry inside that would not subside, and I could not abide dragging you along. By the time I'm cured, you'll have found someone more assured. I seen it all play out the night you left my door. So I'm not asking for a thing now. I'm just a dish rag trying to ring out. Forgive me while I sing loud your name. Rosemary May, what you do? Are you wondering like me what could have been? I'll be the first to say I made my mistakes. Not a moment spent with you is one of them. You're painting in that room Where I stood in all of you And every brush stroke Brings you more joy than the last And I hope your family is with you I love how they always fill you With laughter and rest May I not be a distraction More than some roadside attraction or a waiting room magazine and if it's ever really you sitting in the yonder pew pay no mind to the memory behind Rosemary May what you doing today are you wondering like me what could have been? I'll be the first to say I made my mistakes. Not a moment spent with you is one of them. Thanks for tuning in to Notable Nashville Podcast. A big thanks to Joel Adam Russell for stopping by the studio, share some tunes and stories. Hey, if you're new, you can check all our episodes out at NotableNashville.com. Until next time, thanks for listening. It's hanging from your belt. One of these days, somebody's gonna end up here.